Good morning. This is Steve Sines, your ATL Sherpa. Hope you're doing well. It's Friday, February 10th, 2023. Uh, welcome to a special edition of the Atlanta Real Estate Report. The name of this podcast is Microsoft Stops Work on 90 Acre Atlanta Campus. And what I wanted to do was share some thoughts with you about uh, this news, um, mainly because I have written uh, extensively about this project uh, that they call quarry yards out in West Atlanta, Northwest Atlanta. And so I wanted to, uh, provide you with some, some information and, uh, share, share my thoughts based on these new developments. Uh, um, and hopefully, uh, you'll find this helpful. So as usual, I've created an outline right here in the email or the podcast that was, uh, that was sent out. And if you notice, uh, at the top here, I, I recorded this, uh, originally, I think it was on the 8th or the 9th, a couple of days ago, but I had obtained some additional information and I had uh, had some additional thoughts about all of this. So I'm re-recording this now and hopefully you'll find this uh, helpful as well. But anyway, if, uh, if you want to follow along in the outline, that might be helpful. I've got some links in the text <clears throat> here of the uh, presentation outline uh, that you might find helpful and I'll be referring to those. But anyway, let me jump into it. So um, the first bullet here is previous presentations and podcasts, and I've included some of those here in this email. But um, as you may or may not know, if you've been following my my work for the last couple of years, you, you'll know that I have written extensively about this Microsoft project called Quarry Yards out in uh, Northwest Atlanta. It's adjacent to the Bankhead Marta Station. And if you don't know about that project, uh, I'm going to actually, I'll, I'll just tell you now, at the, uh, if you scroll down below the outline in this email, you'll find a YouTube video that's embedded in there. I call it the Game Changer video. It was a presentation that I recorded, uh, a Zoom presentation that I recorded back, I think it was February of 2021, when this announcement was first made by Microsoft, that they were buying 70 acres and then a, an additional 20 acres to build a corporate campus out there uh, near the Bankhead Marta Station in, in the Grove Park community. And uh, <clears throat> I, I, like I said, I wrote extensively about it, but that presentation, that, that YouTube presentation will give you some really good, solid background about the project and the announcement and what I'm going to talk about now, which is this. In, in that presentation and some other podcasts that I produced after that, um, I basically made three main points uh, about Microsoft, uh, about the announcement when, when they first announced the, the project. And th the first one was that Microsoft is an extraordinary company, truly an extraordinary company, one of a kind. Uh, it's one of the biggest companies in the world. It's one of the most profitable companies in the world. Um, and because of its global footprint of, of clients, both, uh, you know, in the business and the enterprise uh, level clients, both on their, you know, their uh, office productivity products like Office and Teams and Office 365 and all that, that that's sort of the initial software um, business that the company was, was built on. And then in addition to that, the cloud computing services that they started about 10 years ago with Azure, uh, those two things together have created, second point here, a financial powerhouse. Uh, so in addition to being one of the largest and the most profitable companies, this is a financial powerhouse 
um, as I mentioned in one of my early presentations, the, the likes of which Atlanta has never seen. Um, uh, if you go back and look at uh, that video, I, I did an ana a quick analysis of <clears throat> the market capitalization of Microsoft and compared it to the combined market share, the total market share of the 10 largest public companies that were based in Atlanta. And this was back again in February of 2021. Uh, the total market cap of, of uh, Microsoft was, I think, either two or three times that of the, of the 10 public companies based in Atlanta combined. And not, that includes companies like Home Depot, UPS, Coca-Cola, Delta, etc. I'll go back and look at it, but it was at least two times. It might have been three times the combined market cap of those 10 companies. So that just, I, I, I included that in that original presentation just to give people a, some context for when I say this is a financial powerhouse and this is an extraordinary company, I wanted people to really tangibly understand just what I meant. And because of all those things, because of this extraordinary business that they have, the flywheel effect, the, the financial uh, power of this company, I said this is a trajectory changer for Atlanta, the likes of which this city has never seen. And I kind of compared it to the Olympics, the announcement of 1996, which changed the trajectory of the city and so forth and so on. So if you haven't listened to that presentation, I, I it, it, it would be a, some good listening for you and some good watching. I, I put a lot in a lot of work into that. There's a lot of information about the Microsoft Corporation. You'll understand why uh, it's such an extraordinary company. But anyway, my point is I've written extensively about this project. And as a result, I wanted to share my thoughts about this new news, which is that Microsoft has decided to stop the project and they're not they're not proceeding there. Some people are causing it, calling it a pause, um, but we, we really don't know what what the ultimate outcome is going to be. So my second point here, which I think is extremely important, and this is something that I have mentioned repeatedly uh, in my podcasts over the last couple of years, and it is this. We don't know what we don't know. And this announcement of a couple, about a week ago when Microsoft made it known that they were not going to proceed with this project is is as vivid and, and, you know, poignant of an example of this than, than I could possibly provide for you. We don't know what we don't know. And everybody, including the mayor and the local residents and investors and companies and developers, nobody saw this coming. This came literally came out of the clear blue. So th this is why I often say, you have to be very, very careful in this market, which is changing at warp speed because we don't know what we don't know. And the pandemic, as I'll talk about in just a minute, the pandemic really created an environment, a market environment that is extremely volatile, extremely uncertain, and extremely abnormal. It literally turned the supply and demand equilibrium inside out. It created abnormal surges in demand for everything, including houses and real estate. 
and jobs and, and, and lots of other things, Pelotons, Teslas, you know, you, you name it. Um, a lot of that demand surge that, that I call demand pull forward, which I talk about here in point number four, a lot of that is beginning to unwind. And, and this news about Microsoft suspending this project is, again, a very vivid example of what I was talking about, of this pendulum you know, swinging back in the other direction. So um, we don't know what we don't know. And, and even back when I first started writing about the Microsoft project back in February of 2021, if you go back and listen to that presentation, the one that I've referenced a minute ago, that video that's embedded here, the YouTube video, the Game Changer video, if you go back and listen at around 12 minutes and 42 seconds into the presentation, I had a slide that I was talking up to and I said, you know, these are the things we know and these are the things we don't know. So after I had talked about all the exciting things that we knew, I then said, you know, having said all that, it's important to understand that there's a lot of things we don't know. And one of them I said was, we don't know what kind of economic events, political events or social events might take place that could delay or maybe even stop this project from going forward. And when I said that, you know, I kind of literally, as the words were coming out of my mouth, I thought, you know, I wonder if I should even say that. Because at the time, again, February, 2021, if you remember, this was after things had already started reopening from the pandemic, the economy was exploding upward because people were getting back out. They were back getting, getting back to work. They were buying things except for Pelotons um, and business and moving. They were buying houses like crazy. This is when things basically spiked and went straight up, almost parabolic. All the high tech companies went on a hiring binge because they couldn't keep up with the demand for their services, including Microsoft. So, you know, when I, when I said that, when I said, you know, this, 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 we don't know what could happen here. This, this project actually may never happen. When I said that things were exploding to the upside. So I thought to myself, well, you know, that's a pretty, uh, that's going to be a pretty controversial thing to say, but I said it because I've, I've been following the markets and the economy for over 40 years. I've seen so many different kinds of markets. I've seen this movie so many times, this, 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 these bubbles, this, these greed driven markets, um, you know, these, these shocks, these black swan events, whatever you want to call them. I've seen them so many times that what I look at the world with a very cautious lens. And so when I hear things like Microsoft's coming in buying 90 acres, this is going to be great. I get very excited, but almost instantly I, I think, okay, what could go wrong? Right, and that's why I said what I said at, uh, in that video at 12 minutes and 42 seconds. So we even today, compared to two years ago, there's even more that we don't know. Right, and I again I've mentioned this repeatedly. If you look at uh, 2B here, I, I created another podcast a couple of maybe a month ago or so on atlsherpa.com, and it's called the Tip of the Iceberg. Um, that's the podcast. 
If you click on that, I talk there at length about this, this concept or this notion that we don't know what we don't know. And the argument that I made there was, I mean, we all know, obviously, that there's a lot of stuff we don't know. But the argument that I made was that that, that, that subset or that, that body of stuff that we don't know is even larger than we think. So there's a, there's a huge blind spot out there. And as I mentioned, you know, this, this announcement, uh, this recent announcement by, by Microsoft to stop the project is, is a perfect example. I couldn't come up with a better example of this. We don't know what we don't know. And sometimes those can be pretty big things that, that information is, is, this is huge. This is a huge announcement. I mean, I, I probably should just say this at the outset. Right. If Microsoft decides to to really scale this back or not do it at all, maybe they put this land on the market at some point. This is a huge blow to Atlanta. Let's not kid ourselves. Right. It was a huge boom when they announced that they were buying the 90 acres and building it. But if they decide not to go forward, let's not kid ourselves. This is a huge blow to Atlanta. And you, you can sugarcoat it all you want. You can rationalize it all you want. You can talk about all the other great things that are happening in Atlanta. All that is true. But this is a huge blow to Atlanta, to the Atlanta real estate uh, market, to Atlanta, to the Atlanta e- tech ecosystem. I mean, really all the way down the road. This is bad, bad news. Uh, so I just want to say that at the outset. And I'm going to talk more about what what might happen Um but, but we really don't know. So number three talks about economic headwinds. This is the reasoning. This is the explanation that Microsoft gave for why they are putting this project on hold. And um, as you may or may not know, um, about two weeks ago, Microsoft announced that they were laying off 10,000 employees. Okay, This is a trend that has hit the tech industry in particular, but it's really working its way across the U.S. economy right now. There's been a lot of announcements of layoffs, uh, yet the job market remains very, very robust, particularly in the services sector. But I just want to, if I, I included a, a quote, if you scroll down, um, Further into this newsletter, I've got a quote from the CEO of Microsoft that really will help you understand exactly what's going on here uh, with their business. And it really also is is this uh, the most tangible evidence that I can give you about this demand pull forward um, scenario or phenomenon that, I, that I've been talking about here. Uh, the, the Microsoft CEO, his name is Satya Nadella. He is a brilliant man. He is one of the most highly respected CEOs on the planet right now. This is one of the many reasons that Microsoft is such an extraordinary company. It's, it's being led by Satya Nadella, who, who is one of the best CEOs on the planet. So here he is uh, in his interview with CNBC a couple of weeks ago, quote, as we saw customers accelerate their digital spend during the pandemic, we're now seeing them optimize their digital spend to do more with less. He goes on to say, we're also seeing organizations in every industry and geography 
exercise caution as some parts of the world are in a recession and other parts are anticipating one, end quote. And then finally, his third comment here, or sorry, there's two more. I think for us as a global company, we're not going to be immune. We're not going to be immune from what's happening in the macro. He's talking about the macroeconomic environment. And then finally, he says, we will have to also get our own sort of operational focus and making sure that our expenses are in line with our revenue growth. Okay, so he's basically saying we had a lot of demand that was pulled forward. We sold much more than usual in the 2021, even 2022, when people were buying Microsoft software, it was flying off the shelves. Companies were implementing Teams and, and um, you know, getting people set up to work from home. So a lot of subscriptions for Office and Office 365 and Teams. And then their cloud computing services through Azure were just literally going through the, through the roof. Uh, like I said, going parabolic. And so they, they, went, they started hiring people like crazy. They went literally on a hiring binge right? And that's what he's talking about here. He's now saying that these customers of theirs, he's really talking about their enterprise customers, are beginning to pull back. Uh, he, he puts it very tactfully. He says they're optimizing their digital spend. But what that really translates into is they're cutting back. They're pulling back on enterprise uh, spending. As you probably know, there's, there's been this, this, this huge secular trend of companies moving everything into the cloud, this, this whole uh, transition to the cloud of literally transitioning entire business operations and processing and things like that to the cloud. And, and Microsoft is one of the leaders in that along with Google and Amazon. But anyway, that's why they put this project on hold. They're, they're cutting back, they're rationalizing their expenses and putting them in line with revenues, as he said. In other words, things are slowing down for them. And he talked about the recessions that are happening already and the ones that are you know, being forecasted, well, Europe is kind of in a recession. Uh, a lot of people are thinking that the U.S. is going to go into a recession. So those are the things that he's talking about here. And so all of that really sets up this announcement about core yards out in uh, out in uh, the Bankhead area. Okay, so um, let's see. Let me keep going through the, uh, the the outline here. I just have a few more points here. Uh, I mentioned the demand pull forward. I call this Newton's third law of motion for every action. There is an equal and opposite reaction. I spoke about this at length in my January 14th podcast right here in the Atlanta Real Estate Report. If you haven't listened to that, you might find that interesting. Uh, it was in segment two, and I've got the link right here under 4A, where I talked about this this uh, demand pull forward phenomenon that's affecting a lot of industries. But I really think it, uh, it hit the real estate industry in a, in a way that I think is much greater than most people think. And so the, the Newton's third law of motion basically says, again, for every action, there is an opposite and equal reaction, also known as the pendulum effect. Well, the, pen, the pendulum swung to want to an extreme on, on the, as I mentioned in that last podcast, when the price of homes went up 50% in two years in Atlanta, the average price of a home, that's an, that's a, highly abnormal, highly extreme swing to one side. It's inevitable, really. It's inevitable that the pendulum has going to swing back over to the other side. And that's the opposite and equal reaction. 
So um, that that's that's what's happening here, right? And as I mentioned, these companies went on a hiring binge. That's point four B, especially the tech tech companies. And I believe this really applied to the real estate. Uh, business as well. Point number five here is that this this announcement, this recent announcement by Microsoft to stop the work is a vivid and I would say poignant example of how Wall Street can impact Main Street. Another topic that I've spoken at length about in my December 30th podcast right here on the Atlanta Real Estate Report, which was called Wall Street Meets Main Street. I spoke specifically and in depth about this uh, relationship between Wall Street and Main Street. And in segment four, which was called How Do These Wall Street Companies Impact Main Street? I talked very specifically about companies like Microsoft going into a community, investing, building, creating office space, hiring workers. This is a huge impact. This is how these big Wall Street companies, one of the many, many ways that they can impact the local community or Main Street. <clears throat> okay, so, but here again, Newton, our friend Sir Isaac Newton, he's ever present. For every action, there is an opposite and equal reaction, right? So the action was the announcement that they bought the 90 acres. It caused a huge demand surge for property in and around the Bankhead area. Uh, just incredible amounts of investment capital flowed into that market, both in the residential and the commercial side. And this announcement that they're stopping work on it is the opposite and equal reaction. So now it's like that tide when you have a tsunami, you know how they, how the, how the water comes surging in or during a hurricane, when you have that push of that water out of a bay or out of the ocean into the, into the, um, to the shoreline or in, uh, you know, on land. And then when the, when the, when the tsunami come back, comes back out or when the, when the pressure of the hurricane changes and all that water gets sucked back out to sea, this is exactly what is happening. That's, that's the image that I have of investment capital that flowed into the, inve- the, the bankhead area is now going to probably get sucked out, especially if this delay or this pause goes for an extended period of time and or if if Microsoft says, you know what, we've rethought things, we're not going to build the corporate campus in Atlanta. Uh, so this is what I think you sort of have to look forward to, which is why I say later you have to proceed, I believe, with extreme caution. Uh, this is like going swimming uh, with that tidal wave, uh, you know, having surged in or that hurricane coming in. That This is uh, what what I would call the, the deep end of the pool, to put it mildly, uh, when it comes to investing in that area right now. So again, this is a poignant example of how Wall Street can impact Main Street. Point number six, caught off guard. Uh, it seems that everybody, including the mayor, the communities in and around the Bankhead area, According to the news media, according to what I've been able to read, uh, nobody saw this coming, right? Um, which is, you know, it, it is what it is, right? It reminds me of the AMC announcement a couple, maybe six months ago, nine months ago, whatever that was, when Wellstar announced that they were pulling out and shutting down Atlanta Medical Center over in Old Fourth Ward. Apparently, 
Nobody saw that coming. Nobody had their ear to the ground. Nobody saw it coming. It, it literally was a baseball bat across the forehead, so to speak. Right. And so these things happen. I mean, these are, these are major events to put it mildly. These, these are earth shattering events, AMC getting shut down, Microsoft saying they're not building this thing that nobody saw coming. I just let that sink in for a minute, right? This is not an indictment of anybody or anything. My point here is simply this. This is a sign of the times we're living in. The level of uncertainty and the level of volatility, the scale of things that are happening, the intensity of the things that are happening is increasing. And I think a lot of that has to do with the the move to the digital age, the fact that there's more information than ever out there, yet in some ways people are less informed than ever. And it's because of what I call the dissonance, the amount of dissonance that's in the atmosphere. There's so much information that it we're drowning in it. We're overwhelmed by in it by it. And the speed of the information that's traveling, most humans can't can't process the amount of information and the speed of information that is coming at us. So this makes it very difficult to forecast and make sense of the things that are happening out there. So I think you end up getting these curveballs and these baseball bats across the forehead uh, more often than we used to, because we, things were used to go kind of relatively. So you can kind of see things coming. It's not that way anymore. Things are coming at you at light speed, whether you're an individual or you're in a business or whether you're a government, this is why we're getting quote caught off guard. So I think this is a sign of the times. I think you can expect more of this. Number seven, we still, there's a a ton of stuff we still don't know. In fact, there's probably more stuff we don't know today than we did two weeks ago before this announcement. So these are just some questions that I would ask uh, of, of, uh, well, in general, uh, but of the Microsoft Corporation, if we could. Um, And I'm talking about if if I was an investor or... uh, developer or uh, a city official or anybody, really any, any interested party. If you're interested in Atlanta, if you're interested in this, in this project, I would, first question I would ask Microsoft, is this, is this a pause or is this a pivot, right? Are you guys just pausing this thing until things clear up in the economy for you? Or are you in fact pivoting away from this project and from Atlanta? You know, are you are you going to come back and really scale back, or maybe even uh, cancel this this these plans to build a corporate campus here? Because that's that's huge, right? And I, I'm you know that's probably a question we're not going to know an answer to for a while, uh, maybe months, maybe maybe longer. Um, I mean, because probably Microsoft may not even know. You know, maybe they haven't made the final decision. But this is really the critical question here. Is this a pause or is it a pivot? Number two, uh, B, 7B, is, um, is, there, is there going to be a revised level of commitment to Atlanta? And I'm talking about resources, capital, uh, talent, uh, you know, office, et cetera, et cetera. And I, and I know that the city government is, is trying to have these conversations with Microsoft right now, because if you remember... Um, Microsoft announced that they, they, when they started talking about building this project, they announced some very 
uh, generous and very um, positive uh, things that they were going to do to invest in the community of Atlanta. So I know that the city is is uh, really alert about that and trying to get in touch with Microsoft to see what their intentions are. But that's that's a question that I would have as well. Um, 7C is a question that somebody should be asking, and I'm sure a lot of people are, uh, which is, did Microsoft have a change of heart about Atlanta? Um, if you remember when they first announced this project, uh, they were pretty darn excited about Atlanta, to, to, to put it mildly. They were they were basically they were smitten with the city of Atlanta, and, and that's why they bought the ninety acres. They talked about how much they were going to ramp up their their local presence here and expand their footprint and all of that good stuff. And I don't know if they have or not, but I'm wondering. I mean, because when someone makes when when a company makes an announcement this big and and makes makes a a, a pivot that's this significant usually there's something else going on here. So I would want to know, did they have a change of heart about Atlanta? And if so, what precipitated that change in sentiment? Right. That, that may be, it may be hard to glean the real reasons for this if it happened, but this is something that somebody should be um, looking into and, and, and again, asking these questions because if they did have a change of heart, then the city, we really need to know why we need to know what caused that change in sentiment uh, just for our own good and for the future. Right. Um, And then another question, and this is really maybe for somebody to do this. And I I don't even know if this is possible, but if it was me, I would want to know how the local Microsoft employees are feeling about Atlanta and this announcement in general. Right. Um, Microsoft has hired a bunch of people here in the last couple of years. Since this announcement in February, um, they've hired, I'm sure, hundreds. I mean, they were going to hire a couple thousand, but, you know, they, they, they moved they, back in, well, when, they, when Atlantic Yards, which is their new office in Atlantic Station, when that opened, which I think was several months after uh, they announced that they were buying all the land and all that. They began to move their existing offices from Avalon up in, in uh, Alpharetta down to Atlantic Station, right? And, uh, you know, Eve Hines, the developer of that building, and others all said, hey, we want to be down in Midtown where all the action is, you know, uh, this is where our people need to be. They view it as a, as a strategic advantage and when it comes to hiring talent, uh, competitive edge and all that good stuff. Uh, and all, all that happened, right? So I, you know, they've hired a bunch of people. I, I would be very interested to know how Microsoft employees, particularly the newer hires, people that were hired in the last six to 12 months, people that moved here from Seattle or Texas or other parts of the country that came to Atlanta where the transfer, you know, how, how, how are they liking Atlanta? You know, I, you might be able to glean some, some really interesting insights about what's going on. Uh, if you can get a hold of the employees now, they, you know, they may or may not be willing or able to talk about that, but um, this doesn't hurt to ask the questions. Right. And, and by the way, I mean, I guess, I don't know if you know the Alpharetta area, if you know Avalon, their, their local offices, I guess their sale sales offices were based in Avalon. I mean, Avalon is a very different market than Atlantic station. 
right? So I don't know how many of the folks that were working in Avalon moved to Atlantic Station, but that's a that's a that's a pretty severe move that's in terms of change uh, of area uh, from Avalon to Atlantic Station. So, you know, again, it'd be just be interesting to talk to some of those uh, folks at Microsoft. So those are some questions I would ask. If you scroll down a little bit further, there's a wonderful chart that I got uh, yesterday from the Atlanta Business Chronicle. It's the bar chart that shows the price of uh, the median price of homes in Grove Park uh, from 2015 through December of 2022. And, you know, a picture tells a thousand words. Well, this one tells about a million. And it pretty much tells you all you really need to know. Uh, you know, if you're if you're wondering whether you should be investing in in this area or not. Grove Park is the neighborhood that is is uh, immediately around the Bankhead Marta Station. This is where Microsoft's land is located. And so here's the punchline. If you just read the chart here, uh, the median price of a home in Grove Park in March of 2015 was $12,500. Let me repeat that. The median price of a home in Grove Park was $12,500 in March of 2015. By the end of 2022, it was $395,950. Let's let's call it 400,000. That's an increase of 3,000% from 2000 March 2015 through December of 2022. So, just a little over 7 years. 3,000% increase. And then it goes on to say, and it notes this in the bar, it's, really, it's a really great chart. Construction on the West Side Park, which is the big city park just north of the property, began in September of 2018. And you can see there was a pretty huge spike in two, right after that in the median price of the homes. Uh, I mean, a very significant, when, when that happened, median prices, homes looked to be around 60, 65,000. And uh, within just a couple of uh, months, uh, it was over 200,000. So that West Side Park obviously was a catalyst for a lot of the investment that went, that flowing in there. And then uh, Microsoft announced its Atlanta expansion, the, the acquisition of that land in February of 2021, which is noted here with the magenta or the purple bar. Um, and oddly enough, the, the, um, the median price kind of went down a little bit and then basically shot up. It was at around 160, 170 when that happened. And uh, as I mentioned, it's now closing in on 400,000. And, and so <clears throat> what's really interesting, I, you can, you can, you can learn a lot about charts. And if you remember my, my presentation from a few weeks ago, uh, when I talked about Wall Street versus Main Street, I basically told you how much I love charts. Well, this is one of the reasons. Look at the price increases. Look at the, look at the value, the median price of those homes in Grove Park for the six or seven months leading up to the announcement. Okay. Uh, the general public didn't know anything about this announcement. Uh, Microsoft, I believe, bought the land uh, kind of in a, incognito when, when they bought the land from Urban Creek Partners. I, I'm not 100% sure about that, but I seem to recall that, they, that, it, that it took a while before it was revealed who the buyer of the property was. 
in other words, there was a bunch of people that knew that this transaction was going to happen, right? Look at the price of the of the homes from December 2018. They were hovering at around 100,000. Um, and they got up to 275, 280 before Microsoft announced that they were buying the land. Or let me let me rephrase that. Until the general public find found out that Microsoft was buying the land, okay? Um, the cynic in me would say that was the the smart money that that had gotten wind of this purchase by Microsoft was in there buying up uh, homes in that area prior to the announcement. And then, uh, oddly enough, look what happened when the announcement hit. The median price. Now we don't know how many transactions. This could have been very, very few transactions, and probably was just because the the inventory over there is so slim, it's pretty skinny. Uh, but you know, when the announcement happened, the median price went from two seventy five down to one fifty, and then stayed down around one fifty, one sixty, one seventy for a few months. So I mean, that's that's pretty interesting, right? Uh, so just just let that sink in for a minute when you think about, you know, sort of chasing news uh, when it comes out. There's an old saying on Wall Street uh, that the one way to make money or one of the best ways to make money is to buy the rumor and sell the news. Right. So you buy the stock or you buy the houses when you start hearing the rumblings or the rumors that in this case, Microsoft's come into town and buying 90 acres and then when the news actually hits, that's when you sell uh, because the smart money is already there and it's already driven up the prices. And uh, when it becomes general public information and hits the front cover of Barron's or, you know, uh, the Atlanta Journal and Constitution, uh, then everybody knows about it. And there's there's nobody else left to buy except the, you know, the really small investors. And that's that's I mean, that's basically the way markets work. So anyway, um, this last section here, I just want to go through this uh, quickly here and share some thoughts about what kind of impact this will have on on the market, on the real estate market. Um, first point here, you know, I and this really just is a that that chart was a segue to this comment. We've been experiencing and operating in what I call a greed-driven market, also known as a feeding frenzy. Prices are extremely inflated. There, This is a bubble of epic proportions. Uh, you can call it uh, anything you like, but it is what it is. It is a bubble. Uh, it was created by an abnormal surge in demand that was created by the pandemic and all the structural and cyclical um, changes and forces that came along with that. But that's what we're in. We're, we're, you're operating in a greed-driven market. And you can see that in that chart that I just showed. Um, this is the deep end of the pool. And that's a, that's a saying you hear on Wall Street a lot that, you know, when you're investing, you know, you got to be a, like, a, if you're going to, if you're going to swim in the ocean when there's a tsunami coming in, you need to be a damn good swimmer. And that's basically what I'm saying here. Uh, if you're going to swim in the deep end of this pool, you better be a damn good swimmer. Um, and uh, most most individuals are not that strong of swimmers to be swimming in, in this kind of a pool. I mean, you can, you know, you can get lucky and you can ride it up a little bit. But when things start changing like this, you have to be very, very careful. 
So with residential, point number three here, um, I think you've got to watch the pricing. Um, I, in this, by the way, the, the the Atlanta Business Chronicle that, that that published that chart I showed. If you're not if you're not subscribed to the Atlanta Business Chronicle, you're basically missing what I consider to be the best resource uh, in the in the city for this kind of news. I mean, you just ha you just have to uh, subscribe. This is the best place to get news, not just about real estate, but about business in general. So, um, you know, they talked a little bit about the, the impact, the immediate impact on real estate prices. I mean, you can expect, um, as I put, as I say here, number five, I think investors are going to just freeze. I'm sure they have already. Like as soon as that announcement came out, everything became frozen. Decisions became frozen. Uh, investors literally stopped in their tracks. I'm sure contracts got canceled left and right. If you're in the real estate business, I mean, you probably know this much better than I do, but this is just a natural cause and effect. When this kind of a bombshell hits and, and it's like just like an atom bomb going off in the market, the first instinct, first human instinct is to just literally stop, freeze, don't make any decisions, right? And that's going to continue for a while. Um, and so, um, you know, my, just from a market's standpoint, I'm talking about just, a, a an asset, this is not specific to this real estate market, but in general, when something, this material hits the wire, so to speak, hits the, it's the news people do freeze. Right. And so a lot of times that, that freezing, you know, nobody's selling, nobody's buying the fact that nobody's selling can put a floor under prices temporarily, right? The problem is nobody's buying. So, you know, a lot of times I, I say here, number six, the smart money will probably start selling first. If this, um, if the uncertainty around this news continues for an extended period of time, you know, three, six months or longer, I would expect that more people are going to begin to sell because the, you know, I think in this case, I, I, my gut tells me that no news is going to be bad news here instead of the other way around. Usually it's no news is good news. I have a feeling that no news is going to be bad news here. The longer we don't know what's going to happen here, the, the longer that the certainty, that the lack of clarity exists, uh, I, my gut tells me that's not good news, right? Um, so um, if you had property and you wanted to sell it, um, you know, theoretically, the fact that, that that some of the bigger guys aren't selling might be to your advantage, but you don't know. I mean, you know, here again, we don't know what information is really out there. Um, there's no question in my mind that somebody knows what's going on at Microsoft, right? Whether that be, who knows how long that will take to become public, but there's absolutely no question in my mind that somebody knows what's going on and knows what the ultimate outcome of this project is going to be. Uh, that's probably not going to make it into the public realm for a long, long time. But if, if one person knows, then several people know and other people know. And you, you will probably see that reflected in the market activity in and around the Bankhead station, right? Uh, pretty soon, pretty soon. So just keep an eye on, on that. Um, in terms of residential, I, 
I've said this many times, this is not just about the Bankhead area, but I think my personal feeling is that the newly built townhomes, you know, the ones that are selling for $700,000 or 800 or 900 or a million, uh, I personally believe those are the most vulnerable. Uh, again, supply and demand, you know, they're not building any more single family homes. Well, over there, there, there actually are some, some lots. So there is more single family, but in general, you can't create more single family homes, but you can create a ton of new townhomes, right? So I, I think in general, this is a general comment that, that the new pricey townhomes are probably the most vulnerable when it comes to a price hit. Um, the commercial, that's a whole other ball of wax. I, I'm not in that business, but I would watch very, very closely what happens with, with the property in that area. My, again, my guess is that lots of decisions were basically frozen in time, just stopped in their tracks, whether it was new acquisitions, uh, proceeding with development, all that I'm sure will be, will be paused or, or halted until more clarity is available. Um, let's see, seven, investment and development decisions were likely to be put on hold. We already mentioned that. I mentioned number eight, the longer the radio sounds, the more selling pressure. No news is bad news in my opinion. And number nine, again, I've said this already, bottom line, proceed with extreme caution. This is the deep end of the pool. Um, it's not going to be a place for the faint of heart uh, or the faint of financial uh, backing uh, is what I would say. So um, other questions that, 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 you know, probably are going to come into play here and they may already be coming into play here, but I, I would be wondering what other projects and talking about other parts of Atlanta might uh, be paused uh, or cancel development uh, plans altogether. <clears throat> I personally, I think there's a high likelihood that there will be others. I have no idea what those might be, but I would not be surprised at all. In fact, I would be surprised if we did not hear other announcements like this from other developers in other parts of town here in the next few weeks or months. And that's a function of the general economy and where we are in the business cycle. And again, going back to all the demand that was pulled forward during the pandemic. And then um, the last question, this is more of a um, kind of an existential question, maybe if you will, but you know, one of the points I made in my original presentation when I when I got very excited about Microsoft was that Microsoft's decision to come into Atlanta was going to have a very positive <clears throat> spillover or domino effect on attracting other companies to expand or move to Atlanta, uh, especially in the tech ecosystem. Right. I, I said it was kind of like the Olympics. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because if Microsoft's willing to buy these 90 acres and make this huge bet on Atlanta, that kind of takes the risk out of the decision for other companies, um, especially much smaller companies, to pull the trigger. Right. To, to come into Atlanta, to buy that piece of land, to build that building, to add, lease some more floors, add some more folks all those decisions, the, the, they become less risky when they know that Microsoft is willing to make such a big bet, right? Well, again, Newton's third law of motion, 
for every action, there is an opposite and equal reaction. Uh, this is now going to, this could, this could very well go the other way because if, if other companies that were thinking about moving here because of Microsoft's presence now see Microsoft sort of backing off here or having second thoughts, that whole thought process, that whole cause and effect can easily reverse uh, based on Newton's third law of motion. So anyway, this is 48 minutes now going into it, but I wanted to re-record this thing. Uh, if you scroll down through the email below the comments, you're going to find uh, several resources. These are the presentations. There's a Google Earth tour that I created that really has a lot of rich information. Uh, if you just click on the screenshot there for that, you'll you'll go right to the presentation mode for that. Uh, if you haven't seen that, I would spend some time with it. There's a lot of really, really good information about the not just Microsoft, but in general about Atlanta that I think you'll find that very helpful. And then the various podcasts that I've created over the last few months and years about the Microsoft project are all in here. One was called Microsoft Makes It Official, and the news is very exciting for Atlanta. You can click right on these links where it says, listen now, and it'll take you right to those podcasts. Then the other one that was the one that had the presentation attached to it was called Microsoft Generational Game Changer for Atlanta. My uh, Wall Street meets Main Street. That was the last uh, major podcast that I did right here on the Atlanta Real Estate Report. Uh, that's in there. Uh, and then I've got about, let's see, one, two, three, four, five articles, recent articles that were linked. Uh, I'm sorry, that, that, are, that are linked at the very bottom of this email and this podcast that are all relative and timely uh, to this, uh, this news. So anyway, this is Steve Sines, your ATL Sherpa. I hope you found this helpful. Take care.